All right. It's Thursday, February 24th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with hustle writer Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about Amazon's huge fake review problem and their latest attempt to clean things up. But before we get into that, here are four things you should know about. Juliet, what do you have your eye on today? Well, as you may know, I love scams. (laughs) Uh, More accurately, I love exposing them. In just 2021, $7.7 billion has been stolen from victims of crypto scams. Mm. So the last crypto scam that we talked about was the rug pull, which is when a scammer promotes a fake token, inflates its value by getting people on board and then bounces with all the money. Sure. Today's scam is called the pig butchering scam. And here is an example of how it works. (laughs) So according to CBS, the 24-year-old woman decided to try to make friends online before she moved from Tennessee to California. And as part of that effort, she downloaded the dating app Hinge. On the app, she befriends this guy who over time convinces her to invest in cryptocurrency. She started on crypto.com and that is a legit trading site. But then he convinced her to move her money to a different site. And she's investing more and more. Most of it is inheritance money from her mother's passing. She gets her dad in on it. Oh, gosh. And eventually it seemed like she had made over a million dollars, which is like, great, that'll set me and my dad up for life. Except when she tried to cash out, it turns out that none of her investments were real. She had just been sending all of her money straight to this scammer that she met online. Mm. And in total, she lost $390,000. And the reason they call this a pig butchering scam is basically the scammer fattens up their victims and then slaughters them or steals all of their money. Yeah, rug pull, pig butchering. The lesson here is be very careful when investing in crypto. The second thing that I thought was interesting is a story I've been following for several weeks now. So the IRS had said it was going to require taxpayers to verify their identity online using facial recognition software. And by doing that, you would be able to access its website. Uh, But a lot of people don't like facial recognition software. There's a lot of privacy concerns, and also it's not good at identifying people of color. Mm. So naturally, there's a ton of backlash. People are like, I'm not going to do that. So two weeks ago, the IRS reversed course and said, okay, you don't have to do that. And now they've come out with a new verification process. So if you don't want to use facial recognition, but you do want to use the IRS website, you can talk to another human being over video chat to prove your identity. If you still want to do facial recognition, you submit a photo ID, then a video selfie and the software, which is provided by ID.me, they're a third party company. Mm. They will compare the two and make sure that you are you. So the choice is yours. So uh, what about you, Zach? What are your top picks of the day? So a big part of President Biden's legacy is tethered to this whole idea of making the government carbon neutral by 2050. So he's made a really, really big push for government agencies to do things like adopt electric vehicles. And recently, his big target was USPS, the Postal Service. As we all know, the the Postal Service has a ton of trucks, like 230,000 of them. That's one third of the country's entire federal fleet. And these trucks are like two decades old and they desperately need to be replaced. Now, the EPA and the Biden administration are pushing for USPS to go electric, but USPS actually just rejected their plan and they decided to stick with the classic gas guzzlers. The USPS's postmaster just announced that only about 10% of the new vehicles are going to be EVs. 
And it seems to be a cost thing. At least that's the argument that he's made. Mm -hmm. He says it would cost around three to four billion dollars to make the entire fleet electric. The new contract they just signed for the old school cars is only 500 million. So a lot cheaper. But some critics do say that that defense doesn't really carry water because it would be a lot costlier to go back and convert all of these gas cars to electric later on if they want to do that than just make that investment up front. All right. So Spotify is about to roll out its first ever hardware device. Creative geniuses at the company have called it the car thing. It's 90 bucks. And basically, it's the standalone device that mounts onto your dashboard and it streams music for drivers who don't have fancy infotainment systems in their cars. And it's it's pretty simple to operate. You basically plug it into your aux jack and connect it to your phone via Bluetooth. So Spotify announced this last April and 2 million people pre-ordered it. And now they're kind of rolling it out to the general public. And it seems to be kind of a smart move because Spotify's main listening location is the home, but the car is a close second. Americans spend about 70 billion hours a year in cars, at least pre-pandemic. Wow. The last car I had was a 2007, I want to say, Impala. So it's been Hmm. a while. (laughs) And I remember I used to have to plug in a CD player. Oh, yeah. I never had a new car when I drove. Uh, (laughs) Before we get into our big story today, Amazon fighting these fake review sites, just a little context here. The vast majority of Americans check product reviews before they buy something. 82% of us do that. And 65% of us trust product reviews enough to actually let it guide our purchases. And Amazon understands this better than anyone. Their entire buying experience is very review-centric. But of course, there's a big problem with that. Basically, what's happening here is there's a whole economy where products can pay companies for fake reviews. So this is obviously a really big problem on Amazon right now. And the news here is that Amazon just sued two companies, AppSally and rebatist over allegedly selling these fake reviews. Yeah, I read that they have, between these two companies, 900,000 people who are ready and willing to write these fake reviews. Hmm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't even realize at first, like, how shady it is. Hmm. So I remember back when I was freelancing, I would sometimes just apply to, like, just a bunch of gigs and see what came back and what I felt like doing. And frequently I would apply to something that was like a product review site and it would position itself like it was a CNET or something. Sure. There was one in particular, it wanted me to buy a specific hair product off of Amazon and then it would send it to me and I would get the actual product and then it wanted me to write a glowing review of said product and then I would be reimbursed and I think PayPal like five bucks. Wow. And so I think there are a lot of people out there who think oh yeah, it's fun to get free stuff and it's, you know, oh, it's fun to get paid to to do this. But I think sometimes maybe they don't realize like how shady and manipulative it is. And plus, oh, if yeah. you were actually a real product reviewer for a company like CNET, you would not be encouraged to write a glowing review. You'd be encouraged to write a real review and you'd definitely get paid more than $5. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think two lawsuits is going to chip away at that much, but it's a start at least. Yeah. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Juliet bennett Ryla. Our producers are Darren Clark and Matt Brown. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more interesting tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. Catch you all tomorrow. <laughs>